0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. You know, folks, I have a question to start today's program. And I, the question is this. I thought, because I watched these campaigns, I was pretty sure that we won. At least that's what the media told us. That's what President, at the time, Obama, told us. What Vice President Biden told us when he was debating... Um, was it, uh, drawn a blank, uh, former, Paul Ryan, when he was uh, debating him in the vice presidential debates back in 2012, they told us, the narrative was back at the time, that GM, excuse me, Osama bin Laden died and GM was alive. And because of that, We acted as though that was the end of the war on terror. So I didn't even realize that it was still, of course I realized it, but if you follow the narrative, that's what we're supposed to believe. We're supposed to believe that these leftists, when they're in the White House, um, when they're in positions of power, they end things like this. Remember Lyndon Johnson was supposed to end poverty? Remember all this? Back in the 1960s, the war on poverty, that would end. War on terror, that would end. Until there's a campaign coming up. And by the way, I want to make sure that I make it clear. It's not any of these folks in the White House. Yes, I mean, policies and and the type of leadership that's exhibited is certainly important. But it's the military that tracks these folks down. And I'm talking about the drone strike that killed al-Zawahiri, um... And so now we're out here talking about this as though the war on terror is still, I guess it's still a thing. I mean, why else are we droning people? Again, I thought Obama put an end to that back in 2012. After after he saved Captain Phillips, remember that? After he saved Captain Phillips from the back of a U.S. Navy vessel, he and a team of snipers took those Somali pirates out. Biden, excuse me, Obama went straight to, straight to. Uh, Pakistan. Excuse me, Pakistan. That's one of the things I learned about. Learned from Obama, is that it's Pakistan. He sent himself, I guess, to Pakistan and went and got Osama bin Laden himself as well. But it turns out that we're still in these, and of course, we're still in these battles. I'm, I'm just pointing out some of the silliness they tell us. This is a. This has always been a real battle. It's always been an ideological worldview and. <laughs> folks it's religious as well i know no one wants to talk about that well people that are objective wanna talk about it because it's it's relevant and it matters anyway but we've taken out al zawahiri which is good i mean these these terrorists these networks have to continually be dismantled and we also we also have to win this war on truth, which is not which is being waged by lots of people. And then, of course we've got extreme circumstances where it's being waged by radical jihadists, but it's also being waged in this country by the radical left. And by the way, let me take a moment to say you can send your thoughts, questions, feedback, adoration, and praise to Todd at you, you can also text us 317 210 2830 317 210-2830 or you can even even leave us a voicemail message as well on that. We don't take the live uh, live calls currently. We might at some point down the road, but that's uh, that is nothing. Oz's computers over here dinging. But that's nothing in the immediate future. But we have played some of those calls, some of those messages before. Just make it count. That's all I ask. Make sure that it counts. We don't want to have any wasted effort. This is a chance in a lifetime to get my attention. So you can do, um, you can contact us through any of those means, and I truly welcome and appreciate hearing from you. So let's start here today. First of all, I was thinking about this question. I was thinking about this question. I've been reading. I've been you know looking at different things in the narrative, and I've seen some things recently. I don't even have them pulled up. I just as I was reading them, it just it got me to thinking. There are people out there who. You'll hear in certain circles talk of, in extreme cases, civil war. Um, You'll see in other circles people talking about how it's impossible to bridge the American ideological divide and all that sort of discussion that that stems from that. And, of course, as we're in an election season, this stuff matters. It matters a lot, right? I mean, culture... Worldview and culture are upstream from politics. In other words, politics is the result of certain worldviews and certain, I don't know, uh, cultural things that are part of our culture kind of organizing and creating a, a voice, creating some sort of advocacy, to use a popular term today, that is implemented, that is put together, people organizing, people getting together to say, hey, we've got to band together for X, Y, Z. Now, I'm going to say, unfortunately, unfortunately, in today's world, a lot of times what people want to uh, organize around is one very specific thing. One very specific thing. For example, and, by, and I'll say that this is this is one of the reasons the left is is very they're very savvy at this. They, people want to they want to organize around, say, climate change, uh, climate change legislation, which I've got a soundbite from Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, effectively, at least strongly suggesting that the individuals who suffered and tragically have lost their lives in flooding and different parts of the country here in recent days and weeks, is at least, it's suggested minimal, uh, minimally by her comments, it's suggested that they maybe would not have um, suffered that fate had the United States acted soon enough on climate and climate legislation and all this sort of stuff, which I think is atrocious, by the way. I think it's atrocious. It ignores uh, it ignores history, recent history, history, I mean, not even recent history, just the way that things, we've always had uh, disasters, and it's sad, it's terrible, and I understand why some people want to blame someone, but the bottom line is, The bottom line is it's just, I think, reprehensible to do this. But anyway, she's out there doing it. But the left organizes around single issues, and that's why I say, I've said on this program, and I think it's a kind of a cornerstone bedrock realization and a belief to recognize that the radical left is a conglomerate of single-issue voters. They're single-issue voters. There's not that many radical. let, Let me say the Democrat. How about the Democrat Party? The Democrat Party... Is a hodgepodge of, in some cases, diametrically opposed groups of people, who happen to who happen to have grouped their single issues together. So, for example, we have climate change in the Democrat Party, right? That's where people who are afraid of climate change think that we have to act. People that have been, you know, just hanging on every word that Al Gore has been uttering for the past 20 or 30 years and just expecting the world to end at any moment because we're out there putzing around in SUVs and so forth. So you've got that group of people. You, of course, they're very close kissing cousins, the environmental wackos as Rush used to refer to them. You've got the, you've got the transgender movement, which of course the larger movement is the Alphabet soup, LGBTQ, IIA, whatever it is, 2 s plus or wh- however it is today. You've got uh, you've got Union, Democrats, you've got teachers, unions, and there's other groups as well. And there, there's a hodgepodge though. there's there's folks who the single issue is is same sex ma- marriage. There's folks in there that the single issue is abortion, and they've all come together. They've come together to form this, this Democrat party. And within that party, there's a segment, segment of radical leftists. Now, I will maintain that these are the folks that are running the show. These are the folks who are strategizing and making the plans. These are the folks who are out there determining where this party goes and where this country goes insofar as they are leading this country. They're the ones that are making those decisions. The, there's no such thing in Washington D.C. today as a Blue Dog Democrat, as a moderate Democrat. I guess you could say Joe Manchin, but look how much he's in the uh, metaphorical, metaphorical crosshairs of his own of his own party. I mean, he has been <laughs> attacked and maligned by really, I would say, by both sides. But typically his side because he's an obstacle to them pushing the radical stuff down the throats of the American people, which is not something that even a majority of Democrats want, let alone a majority of Americans, but they do not care. What they care about is executing the power that they have been given. I hesitate there with how I say that, but the power that they have at the moment. And so they have successfully, put together brought together people who sometimes have literally nothing in common but they have become this party that says we hear your pain we feel well we feel your pain we hear your struggle come to us and we'll help implement the changes that is necessary for your movement to get traction politically in this country and they are candidly masters of it. Then you've got Republicans, and there's an ideological divide in the Republican Party, of course. You've got the, the establishment types or the country club types. But then you've got true, principled, conservative people like me and, of course, many of you as well. We care about our country. We understand that this country was built upon ideas and that it was the ideas and the principles and the truth that this nation was built upon – and founded upon, those are the reasons that we've had all of these wonderful things happen in the United States of America, the blessings that we have, the prosperity that we have. I mean, the United States really is, I know this just ticks the left off, but the United States is a shining city on a hill. It has been a beacon of hope that has delivered the world from so many ills that have historically plagued this planet, from tyranny, which of course we still have tyranny, but how much worse, how much more tyranny would exist without the United States on the scene? What would have happened in the Cold War? What would communist China be doing today? Is Nancy Pelosi's apparently now going to go to Taiwan? That's a whole nother, that's maybe a couple of shows of discussions on on that particular issue. But the world is a brighter place because of the United States of America, and it is a brighter place because of the ideas upon which it was it was built and founded. To be clear, as I always have to do this in case somebody's tuning in for the first time, I'm absolutely not referring to the racist um, history that this country was built upon. The, the nation has addressed that and fixed it. It was wrong at the beginning. It has been addressed. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the liberty. I'm talking about the idea that we are citizens and not subjects. I'm talking about just the free market capitalism, the power uh, the power of the individual, the, the ultimate minority group is the individual. And all these things that have flown that have flowed from, from these ideas. And America is great because of the ideas that she has embraced. And eventually, if America strays far enough from those ideas, then it stands to reason that uh, greatness will cease. And so the Republican Party, in particular the conservative wing or part of the Republican Party, is concerned about issues. We're concerned about World world worldview. We're concerned about the larger issue of truth. We're concerned about these larger ideas. It's not a conglomeration of independent, almost unrelated, or sometimes completely unrelated, single-issue voters. And so it takes more time to articulate. However, it's once someone understands the ideology, especially of conservatism, I mean, these things just make natural sense. But to those who want to pay attention at a superficial level, to those who are hypnotized by the media, the professional deceivers and their narrative, it is intoxicating because the issues that they're addressing in the Democrat Party or that they are purporting to address are actually things that fit the narrative, right? I mean, so in other words, they talk about In the media, they talk about these floods, which we're going to get to the soundbite from Kamala. And so what's the immediate thought? Well, the reason we have these floods is because of climate change. So we have to act now when there's some terrible tragedy that only shows how quickly we should act. And so that gives that movement power. And it, for the people who, again, (laughs) for the people who are either motivated by the fear or have been, in my estimation, tricked by the pseudoscience that's been levied upon the American people through that movement. Um, and so what I mean is not that the temperatures are rising. I think that that's, that's something that's true. Um, of course, I'm always hesitant because these folks, again, they lie so much to us. I, you have to be hesitant. You really do. But um, But when you look at the earth as a whole – where it is in the temperature cycle when you look at earth's entire existence earth is actually at a cooler point in time so it almost has to be warming because it's at the bottom or near near one of the cooler periods of of its existence and so to suggest that we are the problem human beings um, doesn't doesn't quite add up for me it's something that i would push back on Uh, pretty strongly, something I do push back on pretty strongly, and I actually expect there to be some much clearer evidence when we're looking to do radical, radical things that would have untold economic consequences. I mean, to me, it's the same thing as COVID. It's just on a larger scale for a longer period of time. I mean, we, under the auspices or under the... um, Well, apparently, with the stated intent of stopping the spread of COVID, we said to heck with liberty and freedom and personal choice. We're putting that aside the Constitution. Who cares about that? I do, by the way. I'm saying this was how it was approached, and it's how climate change is approached too. To heck with the freedoms, to heck with the economy, we have to act or the, you know, we're going to, everyone's going to die of COVID. Same thing with climate change. We have to act or climate change is going to kill every person. So, what's the point? who even cares about freedom this this is basically what they're arguing who even cares about the economy we're not going to be here to be able to have an economy anyway that's the position and there is this knee jerk reaction there is this high high highly emotional state that's created and so you get the single issue voters that go to the democrat party even if they agree ideological ideologically with me with conservatives on 90% of the other things, if they are worked into a frenzy over that one issue, they often vote Democrat because, after all, what else matters? Nothing else matters if we're going to destroy the planet. And this is how it's done for every other issue. So I want to talk about this a little bit today. want to play a soundbite from Kamala after the break. Long in this segment, my friends, sit tight. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, the one and only Todd Huff. And by the way, listening can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right. So be careful as you drive vehicles operate heavy machinery, heck, maybe even walking down the hallway. Be very careful. You might find yourself leaning to the right. Back here in just a minute. We're back, my friends. So, so let's listen here. Kamala Harris, this is yesterday yesterday she's speaking about these tragic floods and this is look i think that this is one area that conservatives would do better at sometimes if we were better at expressing empathy because we want to we want to address some of the ridiculousness of the things that the left says but it's easy to jump past the tragedy that is that these comments are predicated upon. I think this is political opportunism. I think this is sick and disgusting, what she says. But regardless of your position on climate change, whatever your worldview, whether you're atheist, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Sikh, whatever, what's happened in Kentucky, Missouri, these floods that have... Destroyed communities and homes um, is terribly, terribly sad. Terribly sad. Loss of life, heartbreaking. This stuff is is terrible. So we should recognize that, and we should. Which of course we. I, I'm not saying that we don't. I think that the left. The left plays to the emotional side of this so powerfully when we're trying to say look we just there's there's other things to consider here. Um, I just think sometimes it can be construed or it can be uh, flipped into conservatives not caring And I think some people think that maybe even a lot of people who don't understand conservatism they might think that. Anyway, I'm not suggesting it's true. I'm saying I think that that is a perspective that some people, perhaps even many, have. So that being said, let's listen to what Kamala says here. Let's listen to how she at least suggests. I don't think she outright makes the claim that she gets close. But she seems to at least strongly suggest that the reason that we're having these floods is because, and she doesn't necessarily say Republicans here, but... Republicans and conservatives or whatever won't let the government stop these things from happening. Which, by the way, there's some things... What did I see? I'll have to get it to, to it later in the show. But there's some things that the government actually should be doing quite easily that they can't do. And I'm going to share that after later in the program. But let's assume for a moment that the government even has the capacity... To do what she's saying just listen to this and how she's at least strongly suggesting that those who stand in opposition of climate legislation are really at least from her argument here to be blamed in part here it is for years
1: our nation and many of us have discussed have lamented have talked about the threat of climate change for years, we debated the potential impact that climate change could have on our communities, on our country, and our world. And today, we know the impact if folks weren't clear about it before. Just watch the evening news and see awful. that the pathetic. time for debate is long past.
0: Over because of these floods. And, of course, applause.
1: Climate change has become a climate crisis. Here we go. And a threat- Uh, Emergency. Has now become a reality. Mm -hmm. In recent days, deadly floods have swept through Missouri and Kentucky, washing away entire neighborhoods, leaving at least 35 dead.
0: Absolutely terrible.
1: Including babies, children. As has been reported, four children from one family. So the devastation is real. The harm is real. The impact is real. And, and we are witnessing it in real
0: time. I'll tell you what we're witnessing in real time is a bunch of political hacks standing in front of microphones constantly telling us things, constantly blaming us Constantly telling us the time for debate is over, constantly silencing us, constantly moving the goalposts, constantly deceiving people, constantly acting against the best interest of freedom loving Americans. I think this is sick, if I'm being quite honest with you. Political opportunists here. Political, uh, it's tragic and terrible, and sad, and awful that these things have happened. These things have happened and it, on a massive scale. On a massive scale. In fact, uh, well, I don't want to get into that, but it, it's, it's a massive scale. Lots of death, lots of loss of property, community homes, Communities, I mean, it's terrible. It's sad. With that, I can agree. Awful to lose for anyone to lose their lives, especially children. Especially at that, I don't know. It, it's I can agree with that. But the insinuation here, it doesn't quite state it openly, but it certainly is the conclusion that any free thinking person would have to come to would have to conclude. Is that this event, Kamala Harris says, these tragic floods in Kentucky and Missouri are the result of people like maybe you, maybe me, who have stood in opposition to government doing out of control stuff to determine the sea levels in 50 years, which again is preposterous to me. It's amazing to me how anyone can take that seriously. Just be, well, I'll get to that after the break. Government can't do its basic function, yet they somehow think that they can control the sea levels. I mean, it is beyond stupid to me. It just is. I don't know how anyone with a free-thinking and critical mind can conclude that these jokers, even if man is calling, excuse me, humanity is causing climate change, which I contend that it's not. That we're not even if it were true, to think that these jokers could somehow manipulate the circumstances to prevent these things from happening is is beyond laughable to me because they, what everything they touch, as Trump says, turns to crap. So, quick timeout is in order. When we get back, I'll play or I'll share some examples of some of the basic things these jokers can't get right. Many of these things you see right before your eyes... Each and every day, but we'll get to those after the break. So, tight, my friends, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So here we are. We're talking about really, well, the soundbite from last, last segment, Vice President. Vice President of the United States, at least strongly suggesting that the catastrophic and tragic floods in Kentucky and Missouri that has taken the lives of Americans, at least strongly suggesting that these terrible events would not have happened if we had not tackled climate, or had we, excuse me, had we tackled climate change. So again, we're supposed to believe, first of all, set aside the argument that Humanity is contributing in massive ways to changing not just the weather, but actually the climate. There's a difference, by the way, and they'll, they'll be quick to point it out when there's signs that the weather is cooler, that anytime they'll be quick to point out that there's a difference between weather and climate, but anytime it's hot, oh no, weather and climate are synonymous because that furthers the narrative. These folks are jokers and professional deceivers. That's what they are. But they want us to believe that if we just entrust them with the capability to tax us more, to determine the specifics on the types of vehicles we can drive, how many, probably how many kids we can have. I know that some of you will hear that and roll your eyes. But folks, there are people out there who literally have decided not, if you don't want to have children, that is between you, you, your spouse, and God. I have, that, that's your business. But to make the decision because you don't want to have a little, a little child because they are contributing to Earth's climate change is completely absurd. It's absolutely crazy to me. But make—I mean, I guess the good news is is that that child was going to be raised to be a leftist anyway, so we would have <laughs> at least one fewer leftist. Anyhow, I'm kidding. It's just sad to me. It's sad. But we, we're supposed to believe that we can entrust these jokers who literally everything they touch, as Trump said about Nancy Pelosi, goes to crap. <laughs> That's what he said on Truth Social, I think, yesterday. We're supposed to believe that they can control the sea levels, the temperatures on the planet. I It's, it, it's beyond bizarre to me that we think this. And let me point to an article that I saw just yesterday. Actually, I saw it yesterday, but it's from the weekend. It's from the Epic Times. Headline here, rising number of deportation cases automatically dismissed over failure to provide key documents. Report. That's the headline of this uh, of this piece. Second paragraph here is the part of, that I want to get, you know, get to. This to me, this screams to me complete inept ineptitude that this screams to me everybody needs to be fired <laughs> so one out of every six new cases that goes to immigration courts one out of every six that's almost 17 percent 16 to 17 percent one out of every six is dismissed every new case, one out of every six new cases is dismissed because the proper paperwork isn't filed. One out of every six, because we either have too much paperwork, the people filling out the paperwork don't know what they're doing. They don't get it submitted. I don't know, but whatever the reason, it's not getting there. And so the case has to be thrown out. Now I know that many of you are saying, "Oh, come on, Todd. We know the gig is here. What the gig is up? This is intentional. I'm not even disputing that. I'm not. That's not my point. My point is, if we cannot, if our federal government cannot maintain the paperwork on people who ha- who they have detained and you know captured coming across the border, if they cannot get the paperwork to the court, the paperwork." We're not talking about something that's complicated and sophisticated. If it should be if it is complicated and sophisticated, it needs to be changed and it's been made complicated and overly sophisticated by some lover of big government that doesn't know what he or she is doing. That's complicated and compounded problems because we shouldn't have a lot of information that we need, but we can't fill out basic paperwork and get it to the courts. But somehow, my friends, somehow they can control the temperatures on planet earth they can control the sea levels on planet earth if we only just trust them more if you buy that i've got some oceanfront property in arizona and as george strait said we'll throw the golden gate in free i just to believe this is beyond naive your government is not built to do these massive <laughs> I, these these massive projects, these projects that they love to talk about because they'll never be held accountable because they're talking about something 50 years in the future, 100 years in the future. They're not even going to be around. They love campaigning on this issue because anytime it's hot, they'll say, see, it's climate change. And of course, if, if they pass their legislation, they might start telling us, see, now it's cooler because of our legislation. It doesn't matter. They're, we'll never, it's like nailing jello to the wall. And they love it. They love it. But meanwhile, an actual legitimate role of government, which is having some control over the immigration population, they can't even keep the paperwork straight in 17% of the cases. Think, let that sink in. 17% of the cases. Whether that's intentional or just completely inept, I'll leave that up to you. But the bottom line, there's no excuse for it. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let me try here. We don't try on this program. We do this program. So let me tie the beginning of the program together with what we've talked about here in the latter part of the program, and that is this. At the beginning of the program, we talked about how conservatism in particular. Conservatism is predicated, built upon a worldview, an understanding of things like human nature, an understanding of things like the role of government, an understanding of truth, an understanding of natural law, natural rights. And so there's a, a picture, there's, a, there's stories to be told, there's, there's concepts to be wrestled with and worked out, and there can be differences in opinion on some of those things. In fact, I, th- I think that conservatives would uh, benefit greatly to not demand that everyone agree on every single issue with them. Um, it's almost a litmus test sometimes. The left doesn't have that. The left has the farthest thing from that. The left basically says, if I can get you into my Democrat party for one issue, and you're 90% like the Republican or the conservative, but I can get you to vote with me because of one issue, I'll take it. We say, I don't mean you and I, but the Republican Party, and and a lot of conservatives or some conservatives say, if you don't agree at least 90% with me, we don't want you. And I think, how much, you've heard me say, I think 70, maybe 80% of this country would agree with 70 to maybe 80% of the things that I say on this program. I think that's pretty darn good. doesn't mean there's not room for improvement. It just means that most people are not out here being radical leftists. They're just not. That is a fringe group. That is a fringe group whose voices are amplified because they control the narrative, the media, and they control the Democrat Party. And, of course, they also silence or shut down Sometimes the conservative voices, and it just they amplify theirs and they silence or tone down the other side. It's as simple as that. These are not comp, uh, popular concepts that the left is out there talking about. People that vote Democrat oftentimes are voting for one particular reason, and so when we go through the climate change example and the flooding tr- tragedies, the the uh, just the terrible situation in Kentucky, Missouri and wherever else we have natural disasters. What it's it's a powerful it's a powerful method to get people to embrace one idea and get them worked into a frenzy, basically, over it. Again, climate change. I mean, for those that they've convinced that there's man-made climate change happening, they're basically saying, look, if you can't, if we don't stop this, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if we're capitalists or socialists, if we're going to kill the planet, right? And so people say, I can't even, it doesn't even matter about Republicans. Republicans are denying the climate science, or whatever the narrative of the day is, whatever the catchphrase is. And it spreads and catches on like, no pun intended, wildfire. And so I just, they're savvy, but anytime there is a deep discussion, I don't even mean super deep. I just mean exposing something that's beyond skin deep, getting just a slight bit, just ever so slightly below the surface. These ideas and concepts fall apart before our very eyes and before the very eyes of those who embrace it but we have to find a way to get there we can't engage you know just in emotional one-liners on social media and expect to have any measurable change it's just not not gonna happen as I bump the microphone I've developed a habit of that here the past few days anyway quick timeouts in order to come back and wrap it for the day you're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk I'm your host Todd Huff back in just a minute (laughs) My friends, that is unfortunately all the time we have. But I do want to say this. I do want to say this. I remain very optimistic as far as how effective the conservative movement can be. I think that people are dying for truth. I think people are dying for explanation. I think people are dying to engage. Yes, there's people that want to fight. Yes, there are people who are set in their ways. But there are a lot of people that just want to understand what's going on. And friends, it's a great opportunity to be able to explain, answer questions, and shed some truth. I've got to go. Have a great day. SDG Smart. Take care.